This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a more thoughtful, human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room, from any room, with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Studio de Hefre, where today we will be discussing the futures of multiple people, including Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton, of course. I know some of you are probably already tired of it, but it's also what a lot of people are interested in right now. So the future of Sean Payton, the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Amari Cooper, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, and on and on and on. Lots of things to do today. Shout out to everybody who sent in their questions. I appreciate you. And welcome. So, number one, I was asked my confidence meter, 1 to 10, on Sean Payton being the coach in the next two years, assuming we do our typical first-round exit in the playoffs next season. I do believe that Sean Payton is the Cowboys' head coach next year, if not this year. Um, And I think a lot of different things about it. One, I believe Sean Payton is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. Two, I... I'm a little thrown off by people who are absolutely certain that he's vastly superior, right? Like, my thoughts about Sean Payton is, one, he's been in the league this whole time, which is an advantage over somebody who has not been. Two, what do you bring to your football team? Like, every coach has a background, whether it's offensive, defensive, quarterbacks, receivers, offensive line, special teams, whatever. And in the case of Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton, they're both offensive backgrounds. They're both quarterback-intensive. And Mike McCarthy was kind of hands-off, right? Kellen Moore's the offensive coordinator, and he doesn't want to mess with his coordinator. He wants the call sheet to belong to the coordinator. If you're the one calling the plays, it's your call sheet. I'm not trying to screw you up. And I actually totally get that. That makes sense to me. But I do think that Sean Payton is going to have hands-on the offense, and I think he's good at it. I think Sean Payton is good at getting the most out of his quarterbacks. When he has guys out, the fact that he went 9-8 and eight last year is pretty darn impressive with everything that the Saints went through. So I believe that Sean Payton is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy, but I also don't believe it's the landslide that a lot of people make it out to be. Like, if you want to compare their resumes, Sean Payton's win percentage is a tiny bit higher Mike McCarthy's been to more NFC title games. They both won one Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mike McCarthy has one more postseason win in the same number of years. So their resumes are the exact same. So it is kind of wild to me, the idea that it's like, give up all, give up first-round picks for Sean Payton and this and that. And I'm just like, eh, I think he'd help. I'd like, I would rather have Sean Payton than Mike McCarthy, but... The idea that he exists in a stratosphere that's like, he's the best coach and Mike McCarthy's a bad coach. Meh, I disagree. If you're ranking the head coaches in the NFL and you think Sean Payton's in the top five, it's okay. But if you think Mike McCarthy's in the bottom 10, I'd also be like, eh, I don't agree with you there. So yes, I do believe it. I don't know if you guys saw the story yesterday that in 2019, Sean Payton was going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, except that... Anthony Davis asked out of New Orleans. And so Gail Benson and Mickey Loomis were like, hey, we can't 
be, you know, responsible for the two really important people in the city leaving. So you have to stay now. Um, I saw Jane Slater verified that that is a real story, that Sean Payton was going to be the coach. So he's always had interest in being the coach of the Cowboys. That is why the story always is around, because it's real. He is interested in being the coach of the Cowboys. Jerry is interested in Sean Payton being the coach of the Cowboys. What makes it weird now is that unless he has a way like Rick Carlisle was able to just leave the Mavericks with a contract and there was no compensation. It was just like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Unless the Saints are going to do that for Sean Payton, then you have to talk about compensation. And then you have to talk about when are you going to do this? Because if you were going to do it for this year, it'd have to be reasonably soon. It would have to be in time to get ready to draft and get ready for free agency and OTAs and and on and on and on. And so I don't think that's impossible, but I think it's a little bit far-fetched. Now, here comes my other issue with it. My other issue with what's happening is because this is a thing and because myself and I think a lot of other well-plugged-in people do believe that because there's mutual interest that at some point this is going to happen, Sean Payton will be the head coach. That means if it doesn't happen this offseason – that you're going to go through a season with Mike McCarthy essentially being a lame duck coach and a lot of players kind of knowing that and coaches kind of knowing that. And that is just not conducive to success. So I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But that's where we are. Sean Payton is interested in being the Cowboys head coach. Jerry is interested in having Sean Payton be the head coach. Will it be this year? Eh, I would lean no. Will it be next year? I would lean yes. So Mike McCarthy, no pressure, just while being essentially a lame duck with the guy waiting in the wings doing TV for a year or whatever, win the Super Bowl or you're fired, basically. Which, hell, some people perform great in those scenarios, and I don't think Mike McCarthy really feels pressure. He's just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I got it. I'm going to go do my job. But it's just not the most conducive thing to success, and I don't love that. Okay, so that's Sean Payton for the day. Next, I was asked on the Twitter at JC1053, when did Amari Cooper become a liability? I don't see it because that is a big storyline. There are plugged in people who think that there's a decent chance Amari Cooper won't be on the Cowboys next year and that they'll try to save the money that is owed Amari Cooper and spend it elsewhere. Why does that storyline exist? The answer's at least twofold. One, If you hear Jerry Jones talk about Amari Cooper, he knows how good he is. He knows that he's a really good wide receiver. But are there people in the organization that get frustrated when a guy who is really, really good, even when he is available, tends to be banged up in a lot of different places? Sure. Did the vaccination stuff with Amari Cooper bother Jerry Jones? Does he consider that not being a good teammate? Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Could the are the Cowboys figuring out whose contracts they're going to use to save money to draft and dabble in free agency and keep their own guys? Yeah. And so that's where the Amari Cooper questions come from. They should keep him. CD Lamb's under contract. Amari Cooper's under contract. Simi Fihoko's under contract. That's your wide receiver room essentially. If you moved on from Amari Cooper, 
I guess you could sign Michael Gallup maybe to a one-year deal if his market went down based on this season. You could sign Cedric Wilson to a deal, but I would rather have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and we'll figure out who the third wide receiver is going to be in the draft. That's how I would do this. And that's how they should do this. But is it possible that Amari Cooper is not here next year? Yeah, for sure. At Dad Prescott says, what happens if Cooper and Gallup both leave? Are we drafting a wide receiver first round? Not necessarily, but you'd have to be open to it. I think you should be open to it anyway, though. If the right guy's there, Jameson Williams would be fun on this team. Alabama, 4-3 speed, really good player. It'd be fun on this team. Uh, I still got to watch a bunch of wide receivers, but Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Traylon Burks, Arkansas, big dude. There's going to be a whole bunch of dudes, and we'll talk about them over the next couple of months. A guy named Skin wanted to know, are Spurs cruel? I do guess that is a Cowboys question. Um, I don't know because I don't know what they do. But if people use those to, like, kick a horse with metal, spinny, spiky things, that seems rude to me. But I don't know. I don't know. And I've never talked to a horse to get their thoughts on the matter. Can Kellen and Dak be fixed? Yes. I was going to say Dak's not broken, but the last couple of months, whether you want to, whatever you want to call it, whether it's broken, whether it's hesitant, whether it's uh, being a victim of the circumstances around him leading to the way that he played, he's got to be more assertive. He's got to be more decisive. He's got to be more willing to take off running when that's the answer to what the defense is showing him. And if you just look at it, the course of his career, the odds are that next year Dak's going to be a really good quarterback. Odds are. I do. I need to see it. I need to see it. Not just against teams who don't have any good players where you have these explosions and then against the decent teams, it's like, well, offense is really, really hard. Are the Eagles and Giants going to draft all our guards and centers from Adam? Well, that is interesting. Eagles have three first-round picks, all before the Cowboys pick. The Eagles could, in theory, take Kenyon Green, Texas A&M guard, Tyler Linderbaum to get ready to replace Jason Kelsey. There goes a center. And with their third pick, I'd probably pick a wide receiver, maybe be Jamison Williams. Man, the Eagles could do some damage this offseason. Let's just assume they'll screw it up. That's the way that I like to do things. Mario, what would it take besides a Brinks truck to keep Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator? Well, at the moment, Dan Quinn is a finalist for the Bears job and the Broncos job. I believe he's about to do a second interview with the Giants. So he's got at least a decent to good chance of being offered the head coaching job by one of three teams, if not more. So the answer would be Dan Quinn would either have to realize that he doesn't like his odds of being successful in any of those places and that he is 100% convinced he would still be at the top of people's lists a year from now, and that's the hard part. That's why when you're a head coach, you strike. Or when you're, a, when you're a coordinator, you strike when the iron's hot. Everybody wants to run their own organization. Everybody wants to be the man in charge. And I think Dan Quinn's a very capable man in charge. So he's going to be looking to take one of those jobs. 
And the overwhelming odds, I believe, are that you will not keep him as the defensive coordinator. There's no paycheck you could write him that would stop him from wanting to be a head coach. Well, maybe. Maybe if you told him, I'll give you $20 million a year, he'd say, sure. But Jerry would never do that because then other coaches would have to, or other owners would have to pay more for coaches, and then he's ruined his profit. So he would never do that. Rookie Mistake says, which starting offensive tackle that they can't count on for different reasons is most likely released this offseason? I'd like to think if you were going to get rid of either offensive tackle, you would not have to release them. I would like to think that Lyle Collins is a tradable piece, as is Tyron Smith. But doing that without knowing who's stepping in to fill those shoes, I think that's a little too ballsy for me. I'd rather have Lyle Collins for the moment penciled in as my right tackle. And if not, as my left guard with Terrence Steele as my right tackle. And then depending on who I draft, maybe we can look around at, do we want to move somebody? Uh, The Tyron Smith try to find his replacement thing needs to happen in the next 15 months, either this draft or the next one, I believe, unless he's already on the roster. But we didn't see anything from Josh Ball last year. There's not really another guy to line up and play left tackle on the roster. So we'll just hold off on that. I guess if I had to pick which one I think is most likely not on the Cowboys next year, I would go LC. But I would imagine they'll both be here. What would it take for Zeke to move to a backup role? Zeke being on a different team. He will not be a backup on this team. Well, new OC, a new... Here's a question for you in the comments. Do you believe that Jerry Jones dictates that Zeke play? Because I've talked to people who are... That's how you got to protect your people. I've talked to people who have been in the room at position group meetings and things of that nature with the Cowboys and offensive meetings in years while Zeke and Pollard were here, both with Garrett and with McCarthy. And my understanding is that to a man, every coach on that staff thinks that Tony Pollard needs to touch the ball more, but he doesn't. Can we really go as far as to think that the owner is like dictating to people, put that guy in the game? Because even as a guy who knows that Jerry is about that marketing life, that seems a little far-fetched that you would be telling the head coach and the offensive coordinator like, hey, this is the running back that needs to be in the game and carry the ball more. Because if I were a head coach, I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, you don't know? No, you're not telling me who plays. So that, I don't, everybody in the organization, my understanding from Garrett, Moore, McCarthy, Skip Pete, uh, name them knows that Pollard needs the ball more and believes that, and yet it hasn't happened. So that's an oddity that they need to fix. Um, Man, this has been kind of long. Let's get out of here. Leave in the comments at youtube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh what you would like to hear about tomorrow. Make sure you're listening from 2 to 7 on 105.3 The Fan, home of the Cowboys. It's Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, if you're not in the listening area. And you can hear us, myself, Brian Broadus, Gavin Dawson, Lucius Alexander, having a party. Remember, you have no idea what anybody is going through, so be cool to everybody. Oh, shout out to Jay Glazer, his book, Unbreakable. It's about depression, anxiety, overcoming things like that. I started it last night, and I'm already like 50 pages into it. It's really good. 
Um, so yeah, be cool to everybody. I love you. Bye.